Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to the Water Cooler, everybody. I'm David Brody, TGIF. I'll tell you what, it's Friday, January 29th, 2021. And President Biden signed a lot more executive orders today. Oh, wait, stop, stop. Hold on. Stop that video. Breaking news. He actually didn't sign any today. My bad. And that in itself is news, by the way. He signed 42 so far in about a week. President Trump signed six, FYI. President Biden was in the Oval Office today with the VP and the new Treasury Secretary, Janet Yellen. They're discussing how to quickly get a COVID stimulus bill through Congress. More on that in a moment. Also today, Kevin McCarthy and Donald Trump. Look at all that. Smiles at Mar-a-Lago in Florida. Lots of expensive gold trimming down there, FYI. A little tacky, but whatever. What does that mean when it comes to the future of the GOP? We're going to get into that. But first, COVID and the stimulus bill. The president wants to see action now. He says time is of the essence. Here he is this morning. Millions of people are out of work, unemployed. Future millions of are held back for no good reason other than our failure to act. So the choice couldn't be clear. We have learned from past crises the risk is not doing too much. The risk is not doing enough. Look, folks, I want to be clear about this. President Biden and Democrats are going to try and play nice with Republicans at first on this. But if the GOP says take a hike, on this big $1.9 trillion stimulus bill, you can be sure Democrats have got a plan B. And that plan B starts with a B, budget reconciliation. In other words, instead of trying to pass a bill with 60 senators and GOP support, look, they'll use budget reconciliation rules, which means they only need 50 votes. I want to discuss that and a whole lot more with Democrat Roland Martin, host and managing editor of Roland Martin Unfiltered. Roland, great to see you. We've known each other a long time. Likewise, slight, slight, uh, a slight thing here. Uh, I've never identified with either party, and and never will. So uh, I, uh, I, I lock and load uh, on issues, and that's what speaks most important to me. Fair enough. I'll take it back. Let's rewind the tape. Eh, we can't do that, but I got gotcha. you. <laughs> All right. So come on. You know Democrats are going to push this COVID stimulus bill through on budget reconciliation if the GOP doesn't play along with them. You know the deal, right? Of course. First of all, last I checked is. Did Republicans say for four years elections have consequences? Yep. Yeah. This is what happens when you win. And so uh, a spoils go to the victor. That's exactly what Democrats should do. Uh, look, when Mitch McConnell and, the Senate and, uh, and Republicans got control of the United States Senate in 2014, he completely slowed down uh, President Barack Obama's judicial picks. Okay? That's one of the reasons why Donald Trump had 100 uh, federal judges waiting on him to field. Well, guess what? Democrats, you're now in charge. This is what you do. You wield power. And you try to play nice, and Republicans don't want to play nice. Guess what? You ram it through. That's what happens when you win. So the Republicans got to suck it up and accept it. You lost. Right. So you're saying they're going to ram it through. They'll, they'll ram it through. 
Because they're, yeah, they're, yeah, they're not they're, going to get 10, it, 10 GOP senators. They're not getting 10. And, 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 and here's the deal. If you're those, you, you're those Republican senators, you might want to be paying attention. You're going to have an open U.S. Senate seat in Pennsylvania. Hmm. You're going to have a contested election in Wisconsin. You're going to have an open Senate seat in Ohio. Democrats are going to be, it's going to be tough. They're going to be targeting also Marco Rubio uh, in Florida. And so if I'm the Democrats, this is very simple. Our Republican Party was to frame themselves as we're the party of the working man and woman. Guess what? Democrats should be sitting here having a hardcore communication strategy where you're saying, Americans, who's standing in the way of COVID relief? They are. Who are the ones who are ensuring you're not getting checks to pay your rent? but you're getting actually kicked out and evicted, and then you can't afford your medicine, you can't afford these things, they are. I would completely put it on them, and I would say, what did they do when they created a trillion-dollar tax cut? Didn't benefit you, it benefited uh, wealthy Republicans. So, who is truly for the party of the working man and woman? That's how Democrats should be framing this and then force Republicans to be on the defense. That's interesting. So, so what do you make of Biden so far? He's done a lot of executive orders, uh, 42. I, listen, I'm going to tell you straight up. My take has been, and, and I disagree with the New York Times on this. New York Times, we'll put it up. Uh, New York Times says, uh, hey, uh, ease up on the executive actions, Joe. I mean, my view is, look, if you fundamentally disagree with everything the Trump administration uh, is doing, then why in the world wouldn't you be signing executive order after executive order? That's my take. New York Times, shut the hell up. Last I checked, last I checked, <laughs> executive orders are constitutional. It's <laughs> allowed. So President Biden is actually doing his job. I I'm just trying to understand this whole idea of, oh, no, you shouldn't be doing these things by executive order. You should be passing laws. No, it is allowed in the United States Constitution. Your job is to use everything at your disposal when it comes to leading. And it's not even really, I'm targeting Donald Trump. No, this is President Biden saying, if I can get these things done without having to go through Congress, I will. Let me bring this down to the local level, okay? Yeah. City, I cover city council and county government for the Austin American Statesman. I cover county government, city government for the Fort Worth Star-Telegram. There's a procedure that's called uh, that's called a uh, uh, bidding process, okay? Mm -hmm. R R RFP, request for proposal. Then that's professional services, right? Request for proposal, that mm -hmm. means that you actually have to go through a bidding process. The council has the authority to say, no, we're going to label this professional services. It's the same thing. People are operating in companies right now where they have boards who say, you can't spend, you can spend X dollars up until this amount, but you got to get board approval. That's in nonprofits all across the country. Right. This is the same thing. He is simply using the tools that the Constitution provides at the president's disposal. Why is this hard? Well, well here, here's the devil's advocate uh, response to that. If you're talking unity... Uh, you know, when it comes to executive act, executive. Well, here's the thing. I know. Wait, what are you doing? Are you fanning yourself? What, what's going on? Look, the no, bottom, I know. I'm, I'm dismissing. Oh, you're dismissing me. Oh, that's fine. But I'll still finish my question. No, no but look, executive unity. orders. But but look, if you're going to do unity and you do 42 executive orders, people are going to be like, you know, come on. No, that's actually you <laughs> could actually do unity and executive orders. OK, All right. here's All right, the deal. Fine. 81 million voted for Joe Biden. He's doing what? He is supposed to do. The people like, what about the 74? They lost. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. They lost. Mm -hmm. Donald Trump didn't even win the popular vote. 
What did he say? I won. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do what I said yeah. I was going to do. That's what Biden should do. Unity has nothing to do with this conversation. Mm -hmm. We can unify on message. We're Americans. Right. We're standing together. But when it comes to policy, I'm going to do what my people elected me to do. And that's what the 81 million did. Listen, I'm in agreement with you that elections have consequences. No doubt about it. All right. Speaking of unity, what about the Democrat Party moving forward? What? Help me out. Progressives, moderates, what, what's happening? Where does Biden need to, uh, where's the soft spot for Biden? What does he need to do here exactly? Well, it all depends upon what the issue is. First of all, let's understand, Democrats have a much larger tent than Republicans. Republicans are right, far right, and then so far right they come back left, okay? That's the Republican <laughs> Party. So you don't, have, you don't have the same issues in the Republican Party, all right? Sure, you had the Freedom Caucus. Uh, when they were trying to hold the line, they were forcing a lot of different things along those lines. Democrats are different. You've got moderate to conservative Democrats. You've got moderate Democrats. You've got progressive Democrats. You've got far left Democrats. Yeah. So you've got to thread a needle that's a lot different there. At the end of the day, on the House side, you've got to get the 218. You can, you, can be, you can be a far left Democrat or a moderate conservative Democrat and tout all you want to, but can you get the 218? So they have to craft when it comes to that. Schumer's task is he's got to hold the line on all 50. So uh, so the Senate in Arizona, Manchin in West Virginia, he's got to deal with folks along those lines. And so that's their difficult task. But this is what's the most important things Democrats had better do. And listen to me very clearly. You better actually wield power because here's what's going to happen. The people who went out and busted their butt to vote for you they're going to be pissed off saying, after two years, what the hell did you do? Why should I go out there and kick, kick butt again in 2022 because you didn't deliver but in 2020? I would rather deliver and potentially lose than not deliver but the, and definitely Rowan. lose. But, Roland, that, that that's what would happen. I mean, the Democrats could overplay their hand again, and, and that's what you're saying. What you, you, you're willing to take the chances on that. No, no, what does that mean? What does overplay their hand? What does that mean? Pack overplay the courts, how? budget reconciliation, other things like that. Hold on, I'm sorry. Pack the courts. Didn't we just actually see pack the courts? Let me ask you a question. The governor of Arizona, mm -hmm. he expanded the courts there. In North Carolina, the Republicans tried to strip power from the North Carolina State Supreme Court mm -hmm. when the Democrats got control. Mm -hmm. They booted out all the justices in the West Virginia uh, right. Supreme Court, replacing Republicans. In Pennsylvania, they got mad at the State Supreme Court. The Republicans wanted to impeach them. So Republicans have done what when it comes to courts? Right. Well, from a local perspective, they have done some of that for sure. But there's a much different than changing the fundamental dynamic on the Supreme Court. No, it's not. It just is. No, it's oh, not. It is. If a governor in Arizona adds Supreme Court justices, what's the difference between a state and the federal? Here's my whole point. When Republicans have power, they use it. Mm -hmm. They don't apologize. They don't say, ah, we went too far. No, they just go ahead and do it. Democrats? Do the same thing. All I'm saying is, mm -hmm. do the same thing they did, mm -hmm. and then when they start whining and complaining, all you got to say is, boo, this is what you did so, here, right. here, here, here. Hey, Roland, 30 seconds or less than that, but if they do that, they could lose the House in 2022. It's tight. Guess what? You also could lose it if you don't. So my suggestion, okay. do it. Roland Martin. That's why you have the power. Roland Use Martin. It. It's like we just had a conversation the other day, yesterday. We, we just pick up where we left off. Listen, I appreciate your, you are honest and blunt and you believe it. You're principled.
cut to the chase. I didn't complain Republicans did it. They I won. Didn't. All right. So when you, they lose, wield power. Schumer, do it. <laughs> Roland Martin, great to see you. Where can people catch the show? We got 10 seconds. 6, 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern. Go to my YouTube channel. Go to Facebook uh, and Twitter. We're live every day. Unapologetic and unfiltered. Oh, you're definitely unapologetic and definitely unfiltered as we just experienced here. Roland Martin. I did that, I did that in eight seconds. I got to run up against the heartbreak. You're the best. We'll see, see you next time. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Welcome back to the Water Cooler, everybody. Uh, boy, there's a lot to talk about as it relates to the future of the Republican Party. Uh, and it really kind of starts with uh, Matt Gates, Congressman Gates, who's from Florida. But he didn't go to Florida recently. He went to Wyoming. Go figure. There's a reason for it. Let's talk about it with Liz Harrington, former National GOP spokeswoman uh, and editor-in-chief of The War Room. Hey, uh, Liz, great to have you back on the show. Hey, David. Thanks for having me. Well, uh, let's talk a little bit about this. Let's put up some pictures, shall we? Let's go down the Matt Gates uh, traveling highway, if you will. Uh, he was in uh, Wyoming. Uh, there he is. Uh, he's not happy with Liz Cheney. You know the deal. Talk to us about uh, what Liz Cheney, one of the key Republicans in Congress, is up against in leadership here with Matt Gates and a few others in the party here. Well, this is a really growing movement because people of all walks of life are tired of unrepresentative government. And you're talking about Wyoming, which is one of the most conservative Republican states in the union. President Trump has sky high approval there. He won by over 70 percent. And yet their representative in government is someone who voted, who joined with the Democrats in a, really a sham, unconstitutional impeachment. Uh, it's such a disgrace, and people are not going to stand for it anymore. And I really applaud Matt Gates. I know you're going to play some sound here coming up quickly, but he really hit the nail on the head when he said, this isn't about Republican or Democrat. This is a ruling class establishment that has it out against the American people. And the people yeah. are not going to take it anymore. And I think this is a growing uh, momentum that shows we need accountability. If you don't represent us, stop lying, take the mask off, go do something else. But you have no place representing us uh, in yeah. Republican leadership if you don't even like the voters. Well, Liz, uh, you said it like a true television professional. You said we have the sound. As a matter of fact, you know we have the sound. So, Liz, please do the honors. Could you say the words roll the sound and we'll roll the sound? But you've got to say it. Let's roll it. You say it. <laughs> roll the tape. Why are you out here today in Wyoming, specifically at the Capitol here in Cheyenne? We need to beat Liz Cheney in the upcoming election because we need to defeat the America last policies that Liz Cheney supports. I don't mind telling you, in Washington right now, we're sort of in an identity crisis in the Republican Party. There are those like me who want to remain faithful and loyal to the America First policy portfolio. And then you have kind of the establishment crowd with Liz Cheney and Mitch McConnell and Mitt Romney that want to revert back to kind of a late 90s, early 2000s version of Republicanism. 
I don't want to fight that battle inside the eight square miles of Washington, D.C. I want to go out into the country and inspire patriots to recruit better candidates, to back the policies of President Trump, and to be worthy of winning again. Well, Liz, before I get your comments, I want to say I was distracted by his hair. He's got the get the best hair I think I've ever seen, uh, by the way. But beyond that, uh, how much is Liz Cheney in trouble in Wyoming? Because before this, her approval numbers were sky high in Wyoming, obviously. Uh, how much does this change now? I think it. I think she's done, uh, to be quite honest with you. I don't think she'll make it. She's going to have primary challenges. The new polling mm -hmm. uh, from McLaughlin Group that came out this week showed 10% support among Republicans for Liz Cheney. Mm. I mean, there's no future there. And people have had enough. And so I think it's very important for people to gather and rally and show just how unhappy they are. And they're not going to take it. So I don't know how long she'll remain in leadership, but I think she'll be moving on and doing something else because it's just not sustainable. And he, Matt Gates, really hit it there again when he talks about America First po policies. Again, this transcends Republican and Democrat party lines. This is about the average American who are so fed up with the endless wars. And that's what Liz Cheney represents. It's endless wars. It's only rule for the elites. Uh, only they can get the good deals. America, American workers, they get the worst end of the stick when it comes to the trade deals. President Trump reversed all that. And look at the resistance he was met with, mm -hmm. just trying to bring our troops homes, just trying to get better trade deals. He, But he fought it and he won. This is a bigger picture. What's happening in Cheyenne is a microcosm of what's happened in the political realignment that's going on in this country. Just because they stole an election mm -hmm. doesn't mean that the people and the power that comes from them goes away. It's still there. Biden is illegitimate. He has no popular mandate. And this is where the power comes hmm. from when we hold people accountable to actually represent us. Well, speaking of an election, there's a 2022 election coming up. And Kevin McCarthy and Donald Trump met at Mar-a-Lago uh, just yesterday, as you know. What do you make of that meeting? It seemed to be all smiles, uh, not only smiles, but a lot of gold in the background, by the way. I mean, if I had that much gold in my house, that's, that's an impressive shot, by the way. Uh, what do you make of, uh, it seems to me like they're saying it's time to take back the House in 2022. Do you think this is a positive development going forward? Well, I think if Kevin McCarthy is smart, and I think he is, he realizes that President Trump is still the Republican Party. He is what made it possible for them to be within, what, five seats mm -hmm. in the House of Representatives right now, for him to even be in a position of taking back the House in 2022, mm -hmm. it's because of President Trump and the policies he stood for and the values he upheld while he was there. That doesn't go away. And we have to commit to the style and the principles of President Trump. He was the reason why we won, I believe, that election in a landslide. That's why we held the 27 out of 27 uh, toss-up house races. It's why we won 19 out of 21 Bellweather counties. That's why. That's the magic formula. It's standing up for American sovereignty yeah. and America's workers. That's the future of the Republican Party. And people like Liz Cheney need to mm -hmm. get out of leadership. And people like Kevin McCarthy 
need to stay true to who put him there in the first place. Liz, just so I understand, when you say the style of President Trump, I'm curious what you mean. I wonder if that means different things to different people. But what do you mean by style? I've got about 30 seconds left or so. Fight. Fight, fight. That's what it's about. I mean, I, I could care less. I mean, all the people that complained about the tweets, well, now there are no tweets. I guess you're happy. I guess you're <laughs> in the same league with Jack Dorsey and the big tech oligarchs. This is about our freedom, and we need someone that has the really courage to stand up to these powerful people and fight for American workers. That's the style I'm talking about. Liz Harrington, always great to see you. Uh, really appreciate you. Editor-in-chief of The War Room, all the best to you. Have a great weekend. You too. Thanks so much. All right. That's Liz Harrington. By the way, she said it here first. I got to put on my glasses. I'm getting older. She said, quote, I think she's done as it relates to Liz Cheney. So mark it down. January, what is today? 29th, 2021. I don't even know what day it is. They just trot me out here and I just read the show. Anyhow, mark it down. That's what she said. Back in a moment. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to the Water Cooler. What's the name of the show? That's right, it's the Water Cooler. Uh, you know, I tell you what, with Joe Biden and that uh, the, the Biden administration, they have like they like to label every day. You know, it's Jobs Day, it's Equity Day, it's uh, today was supposed to be Immigration Day. Uh, but they're moving that till Tuesday. So next Tuesday is going to be Immigration Day. Of course, here at the Water Cooler, or at least for me personally, it's over. It's always overeating uh, day. Uh, there's no doubt about that. I mean, just check the tape if you know what I'm saying, the tail of the tape. All right, let's bring in uh, Manuel Miranda, a former counsel to Majority Leader Bill Frist. Uh, Manny, great to see you. It's been, it's been a while. It's been a while. Great to be with you and, and with all your new uh, viewers. Well, right, absolutely, for sure. And and they're concerned about many of these uh, executive orders taking place by uh, Joe Biden, 42, or is it 43? I, I've lost track right now. But one of them coming next week is going to be about immigration. Kind of take us through a little bit about what we can expect uh, to, to hear about next week. Well, I think one of the things that, uh, that we will be seeing, uh, it's already been announced in a sense, is their overall immigration plan, the, the potential for the legislation that they will send up to the Hill, which is fundamentally anchored in a pathway to citizenship. And by being anchored that way, it really will be dead on arrival. Uh, mm -hmm. But they have also intelligently put in some a significant amount of funding for uh, the use of technology on the border, which is basically one of the things that I, they probably think that's something that the conservative side wants. That usually is Republicans' number one de uh, desire with immigration reform is to strengthen security on the border, including the uses of technology. But so long as they cling to the pathway to citizenship, it will go the way of previous reforms in 2013 and 2006, when Senator Kennedy led the way. Those reforms were fatally flawed, and Republicans really did not sufficiently lead on those reforms, even though they were bipartisan proposals then. 
So, so what's the issue regarding pathway to citizenship as it relates to my sense of it? It means from a Republican standpoint, the, the, the voting here in terms of more Democrats potentially voting uh, or more illegal immigrants voting for Democrats, this might be the issue going forward. Is this really kind of like the underlying issue or what's the issue here? That is the anchor issue for most Republicans, conservatives and their supporters, that this is a what is called a blanket amnesty. It says all of you, and I'd suggest, I, I think that it's probably upwards, almost 20 million illegal people in this country, undocumented folks in this country. I think we used to talk about 11 million, 12 million. You know, that leaves behind so many people who are here uh, who are simply overstay their welcome. Yet people don't realize that there are probably over, but there are certainly a million illegal uh, Irish in this country. So that cute bartender that your, you know, your daughter, your wife uh, flirts with, probably illegal. So the Irish and every other, they're Africans, they're Central Americans, they don't just come over the border. They, they come here with visas and overstay their visas. There are more folks like that here in the country today than there are folks that came over that border. Well, that's fascinating. I and also I had no idea my my daughter, my teenage daughter, was flirting with an Irish bartender. Is that what you're an illegal Irish bartender? I had Probably. no idea. They come over and they overstay their welcome. They get a girlfriend. Sometimes they get married, and so that's how. So it's not just you know we think of Central Americans. Well, those folks are more desperate, perhaps, but they're not the only ones that are part of the millions of people who are in this country unlawfully. Manny, why I have you here, um, I want to ask you a, a pro-life question as it relates to the Mexico City policy. That's what it used to be called. Uh, the president, President Biden, rescinded it this week. Uh, he said he was assigning an executive order to strengthen Americans' access to quality, affordable health care. But the truth of the matter is, is that this global gag rule actually allows U.S. taxpayer funds to provide for abortions overseas. What's your, what's your take on what he's doing here? Well, first of all, it's a slap in the face of the Catholic uh, archbishop who welcomed him, offered a place to have a mass for him. I mean, this is basically uh, the standard abortion uh, tennis game that goes on. The Democrat president comes in, he lives the policy. He, the Republican president, President Trump came in, he enforced the policy. It's part of the executive order tennis game that goes on. But in this case, Joe Biden, uh, as a Catholic, promised a long while ago that he really wouldn't do anything to legislate abortion. Uh, and so he, while he supported a woman's right to choose uh, as a Supreme Court matter, that he wouldn't do anything. Well, he's broken that promise uh, as a Catholic and as a politician. And basically lifting the issue, lifting the ban on the funding of abortion overseas is basically, in a sense, uh, a long-term immigration uh, policy. They don't want to deport the unlawful, the undocumented, but they want to abort them uh, well ahead of them coming here. Mm. So, so you you see this not you see this then as an immigration issue in a way. I do, I do. Just like uh, helping those countries develop is an immigration issue. We want to help Honduras and all these countries develop and grow their economy so that they don't come here. They come here for a good reason. Mm -hmm. We're a magnet and they want a better life. That's understandable. So the development overseas, that's an immigration issue. And this issue of basically population control uh, through abortion, that's an immigration issue too. 
And what we need is a coherent immigration policy, not necessarily a comprehensive reform that covers everything, yeah. but something that's coherent. It's something that's farsighted, that understands the humanity, the tragedy that is illegal immigration. And we're, we're the cause of it because we have a system of incentives that encourages people to come over here. And we even have millionaires and billionaires funding those organizations that are now uh, organizing these uh, caravans. Mm -hmm. Those caravans aren't just happening. They're being organized by, by folks that are being funded by American millionaires and billionaires and their organizations like the Open Society. Mm -hmm. uh, so 15 seconds or so, but you're saying that with a 50-50 Senate, there's no way. Uh, th this, this blanket amnesty, obviously, dead on arrival. They're going to have to figure something out. Other than They're going to have to compromise. They're going to have to negotiate. But what I'm advocating more than anything, because we, we know that the Democrats are sort of locked in in an opportunistic way of looking at immigration. But Republicans need to be creative. Republicans need to offer compromises. For example, and we may need to say, well, we won't do a blanket amnesty, but we can do partial amnesties that favor family yeah. values, yeah. that favors uh, stability, law. So there are ways for Republicans to sure. offer, and it's possible. You know, Nixon went to yeah. China, Gotta and it's run. possible that this could lead to something good. Man Manuel Miranda, great to see you, sir. We're back in a moment. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. story today, the COVID stimulus bill, 1.9 trillion. Will it be less? Will it be more? It's not going to be more. Won't be more. Will it be less is really the question. Or will they actually get the 1.9 trillion? Who knows in Congress? Who knows what the heck they do up there? Uh, let's bring in Dr. Dave Bratt, Dean of School, uh, Dean of the School of Business at Liberty University. Uh, Dave, always great to see you, sir. Yeah, you too, David. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Yeah, you bet. All right, $1.9 trillion. You're an economist. Yeah. Uh, go for it. What do, what do you got on this thing? Yeah, well, the the economy itself, right, the real economy where you make bicycles, refrigerators, and cars and whatever uh, is is a corpse. We're, we're shoving blood through the corpse uh, in the form of taking $30 trillion from our kids in debt and an additional $8 trillion in in, in Federal Reserve money uh, that we're printing, and uh, so you, you have clear evidence after you you've got eight trillion in, in money coming from the Fed, and you don't have any signs of inflation. That's the evidence that you've got a corpse on your hand, right? So the big tech firms are growing, the elites, the establishment firms, the coastal elites are doing fine. The rest of the country, every every small business you know, is suffering. Uh, and so, you know, on the one hand, we shut the whole economy down. So you want to see uh, some money flow into the hands of the people who need it. Uh, but on the other hand, you know how D.C. works. Uh, and so uh, it, you, the market all of a sudden, right, you're starting to hear uh, the same old bubble talk and there's froth out there in the markets. And uh, the markets today are getting a little sideways, some interesting news breaking. 
So uh, the economy is very weak. The stock market's strong because it represents the huge tech firms, right? The six tech firms have the market cap of all of European business combined in our six top firms. So they're doing okay uh, while the rest of the country uh, is hurting terribly. And so we'll try to cut some checks uh, for some folks. That'll be stimulative and last us a few more months. Then after that, uh, reality will kick in and uh, it's not going to be pretty. Well, Dave, you talk about the stimulus checks, which, of course, a lot of people can get behind from a political standpoint, a politician standpoint. You know, you have yeah. to kind of, to a degree, embrace that in a way. Uh, yeah. but, but then you have all this money, state and local governments, that the Democrats want. And, and that seems right. to be the real uh, devil's in the details there. I mean, yeah. what, what, you're just going to throw some money at, at, at COVID, in air quotes? And what, what does that mean exactly? Yeah, well, uh, you know, back when we had more of a block in the Senate, McConnell was saying no to all that stuff. And all, of, of course, all the blue states, everyone's moving out of the blue states. Uh, they all have the worst COVID responses. They have the worst financial conditions. And so, yeah, I know the temptation is going to be to bail them out. Uh, if you put that up for a vote, it's a disaster. And uh, the real problem is that the Republican leadership isn't messaging on anything right, right now. Right, exactly. It's, it's just kind of shocking. Uh, McConnell and McCarthy, they're nowhere to be found on any substantive issue. China's out there raising cane. You wouldn't know it. What has happened to fiscal conservatism? Where is it gone, yeah. Dave? Yeah, it's uh, it's hard to compete against free stuff. It, it really is. Mm -hmm. Our our argument takes, you know, two or three sentences. Uh, and we have all the evidence on our side. Right. Every time you flirt with socialism, you know, it really means communism and a, and a government takeover. And now that's what you're seeing. The, the big six tech firms are voluntarily agreeing uh, to silence the president of the United States and to work with the Biden administration. Uh, Zuckerberg gave, you know, 400 million to help run the elections in a convenient way uh, for the left. And when you have uh, Merkel out of Germany, uh, you know, after uh, national socialism, right? Don't, mm -hmm. don't forget Hitler, national socialism, fascism. Uh, when she says, uh, you guys are, are messing with uh, people's First Amendment uh, civil liberties, you got a problem on your hand. Yeah. And then, you know, and Pompeo comes out this week with genocide on China. Uh, that's the most horrific uh, crime imaginable in the intellectual mind or in the history of thought. And uh, they're not being blocked by Twitter, right? Yeah. And so it's just a shocking degree of hypocrisy that uh, we're seeing in front of us right now. You know, as you go through this litany of topics and issues, I've got to have you back on the show for each and every Good. one of those for sure. Uh, I want right. to ask you about the political impact of the stimulus uh, bill. When I say the politics yep. involved in this and budget reconciliation, yeah. I mean, as I was telling Roland Martin earlier in the show, and he agrees, uh, of course they're going to do budget reconciliation. Uh, but anyhow, I want to play yep. uh, Jen Saki. We call it a Saki Sot. Uh, here on the water cooler. This is what she right. said. <laughs> Thank you. We're going to brand it. We should probably go to the trademark office on that. But uh, that's good. Yeah, all right. Here, here's what she said earlier at the briefing today. The president is going to leave it to Congress to determine the parliamentary process for moving legislation forward, as should be the case. Um, you know, I think it's obviously been um, broadly reported that there is consideration on the American Rescue Plan of what the path forward will look like and how to expedite 
moving that forward. And there's an urgency, and we certainly uh, feel that. But our view is that this bill should be bipartisan. 74% of the public support it. Um, and we want Republican to work with Republicans on fighting COVID and uh, putting uh, the American people back to work. Uh, but uh, as we work on this bill, um, if you know, we are going to, um, uh, our priority is on, on getting it through and not on the focus on uh, what the parliamentary process is. Oh, the fo there it is. There, there was the money line at the end. Uh, yeah. Pass it, basically, and not worry too much about the parliamentary process on here, which, yeah. in other words, is budget reconciliation. Yeah, well, you, you asked the, the relevant question, does, does uh, any of the budget numbers matter? And they, they don't. Right. Uh, it's mm -hmm. it's way down in the footnote section. We're in the middle of a cultural war. Mm. Our rationality doesn't even function in anymore. Right. Culture definitely trumps reason. Uh, Nietzsche trumps Marx. Right. To, to put it mm -hmm. in philosophical terms. And uh, so uh, the it, it's going to be the great reset uh, to communism uh, versus the great awakening of this country and some some form of a Judeo-Christian return uh, to our greatness and to the spirit uh, and to the first principles and God uh, that made the country great in the first place. And uh, we've turned our back on all of that for too long and we're paying the price. For sure. And those Judeo-Christian principles and fiscal responsibility really tied to one another, for sure. They go hand in hand, right? Yeah. All right. Dave Bratt, uh, great to see you, the, the dean of the School of Business at Liberty University. Love to have you back. Uh, hopefully we'll get you back next week. Love it. Thanks, Dave. All right. Dave Bratt, I'll tell you what, uh, that's, uh, you know, my mom would call him, if my mom were here, a smart cookie. Uh, because, you know, the truth of the matter is he's really smart and he's got, let's be honest, and, and don't, I don't want you to be insulted when I say this, but he's dumbing it down for all of us, or at least he's dumbing it down for me. I mean, if I got him in a room with like uh, an economics textbook, I would be lost. I'm just letting you know. FYI. All right. Speaking about lost, more of the show coming up. Just kidding. All right. Back in a moment. Welcome to Fail Better, David Duchovny's new podcast with Lemonada Media. On Fail Better, David, who has experienced both low- and high-profile failures throughout his life, explores the vast world of failure, how it holds us back, propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives. Each week, he'll chat with guests like Ben Stiller, Bette Midler, and more about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, he hopes listeners can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out now wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to The Water Cooler, everybody. Time for The Last Sip. And we're going to get The Last Sip going with, come on, you know you missed it. Eh, you probably didn't. Whatever. The poll of the day. The Water Cooler. Poll of the day. I don't know. I, I really have no idea how much he gets paid for saying poll of the day, but that's an impressive voice. All right, let's go to the poll of the day, shall we? It's about immigration. When it comes to immigration policy, which is more important, securing the border to prevent illegal immigration or legalizing the status of immigrants currently living in the country illegally? 44% say securing the border. 46% say legalizing status. 10%, once again, it's that 10%. They're just not sure. I'll get back to you after I watch uh, my favorite Netflix uh, episode. So uh, the, the bottom line is, is it's pretty split in this country, and it's not a shock. 
Not a shock at all that it is split in America. This has been a uh, contentious issue for a very long time. There does seem to be a path forward. The question is, what is that path exactly? Well, no one's quite sure exactly how it's going to pan out. Uh, but I can tell you this, the Biden administration has been signing executive order after executive order for sure. Uh, and there he is, uh, President Biden doing that. And one more is coming. I say one more. So many more are coming. But one more in immigration is coming on Tuesday. Tuesday, uh, and we're going to get a sense of not just an immigration executive order, but also what the Biden administration plans to do uh, as it relates to immigration reform from a legislative standpoint. They want blanket amnesty. That ain't happening, as Mandy Miranda said earlier in the show. And by the way, can we keep that up? Speaking of executive orders, and by the way, I would think Joe Biden's getting a, a hand cramp. I know I would. 43 executive orders uh, in a span of, what is it now, nine days. Uh, Donald Trump had six, 43 to six. Biden wins. Not a really good uh, thing to win when you're signing more executive orders, but that's the deal. The New York Times uh, put up this uh, op-ed talking about Joe Biden and all of the executive orders that he had, and they were basically like, hey, Joe, cool it on the executive orders. Do me a favor. Let's not do that, is what... Uh, they told the Biden administration. And I, I got to tell you, I, I disagree with the New York Times. I know you might think it's shocking, but, but in this case, I do disagree with the New York Times. Joe Biden's president of the United States, as Roland Martin said at the beginning of the show, elections have consequences. Guess what? That means if you get the executive order pen out, you get it out. That's what he's doing. I'm not saying it's right, but can anybody really say that uh, it shouldn't be happening? I don't know. Back in a moment. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's Friday. It's the end of the show. So let's cap it off in grand style, shall we? Nicholas Balassi. Nick Balassi. I don't know. Do you go by Nicholas? Nick Balassi. I don't know. Senior correspondent, justthenews.com. Nick, what do you do? do you, I mean, your mother probably calls you Nicholas, I'm assuming. But, like, would you go by Nick or Nicholas? Not that this is the story. I'm just curious. Either one is fine with me. Oh, fine. Of course it is, Nick. You're so easy to get along with. All right. So tell me about what you're working on uh, over there at justthenews.com. Well, we're following the impeachment process as it makes its way through the Senate now. And I have a story up at Just the News uh, right now about the co-chair of the House Problem Solvers Caucus, Tom Reed, talking about his rationale for voting against impeachment in the House. He talked about how censuring a president is a historical move, and he supported a censure resolution in the House, which ultimately didn't come to fruition because it's a Democratic-led House, so impeachment was uh, voted and passed out of the House, and the articles were delivered to the Senate. So, but Reid says that this could actually divide the country even further, a Senate trial of President Trump. Moving forward, it could actually divide the nation more, in his view. So when we look at what he's saying and then turn over to the Senate, we see a censure resolution is actually being worked on right now behind the scenes. Uh, Kane and Collins are reportedly planning on this. 
I've been trying to get some more information as to what's in the censure resolution. What I'm hearing up to this point is they're going to borrow some language from the 14th Amendment and try to push this resolution to bar President Trump from serving in future federal office. I think what's going on is they see the numbers aren't there, right? Uh, We saw that the numbers are really on the side of not convicting Trump. So I think they're trying to search for some alternative and possibly bar him from serving from federal office in the future as a substitute for a conviction. Well, good luck with that. It's one thing to have a central resolution, but if you're going to the 14th Amendment, you know, uh, th- then you're going to probably lose votes that way because that was the whole point in the first place. Not, not a lot of Republicans are probably going to vote for that. Anyhow, we'll see. I don't know. I'm on a soapbox. Whatever. All right. Nick, Nicholas, Nick, Nick Ballacy. Good to see Thanks you, Thanks so much for having me. Thank you. He's, Nick, you're so polite. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate being on the water cooler. Hey, we appreciate you watching, by the way. You never know what you're going to see here, which is uh, part of the fun and at the same time, a bit chaotic. Have a great weekend.